Yes, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm back, sir. <laughs> and by sir, I mean bitches. <laughs> Burn get the fuck out of here. Is it just me or is it a scary time for white men? <laughs> Burn her to get out of here. <laughs> God, who knew you would have those sort of hot take opinions? I'm just saying if she if it really happened, she would have evidence. Get out of here. Get out of here, brother. Get out of here. Jesus. Jeez. Take your mega hat with you. Hoof. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry for Bernard. Bernard. Like, he hasn't shown up in a while. He but now you know was why. a completely different person. <laughs> completely different person. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. Uh, well, hey, welcome to a <laughs> special Monday up of the Review Review. Uh, it's not a flashback. It's a hot new ep steaming right out of our mouths. Yes. Uh, we're <laughs> and by a hot new ep, we're talking about a movie that's 11 years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it does tie in with what's popular now: Venom, with the first theatrical look at the titular Venom. Yes, with Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three, the third installment of that beast. <laughs> you want some facts on Spider-Man Three? Give it to right me. Off the head. Uh, came out May 4th, 2007. A little summer yeah. release there. Summer release. Budget of, get this, <laughs> budget of $258 million. Oh, God, I almost threw up in my mouth a little More bit. than double of Venom's budget. Oof. Uh, domestically, though, made $336.5 <laughs> I would hope so. In its theatrical run. Worldwide. Shy of a bill at $890.8 million. Why didn't they make a fourth? (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes has this at 63%. Uh, IMDb has it at a 6.2 out of 10. Very comparable there. Metacritic has it at 59%. All of them fairly close in their rankings there. And this was the number one movie that came out in 2007, according to the box office. Man. Yes. Um, Oh, actually, I have a screenshot for this. Oh, no. Just a second. Just a freaking second. Okay. Okay. So, where do you think this movie landed in all of the movies in the Sony Spider-Man franchises? Uh, This is domestically. Maybe number two? Actually. Number one? It made number three domestically, oddly enough. Ironic. First Spider-Man that Sam Raimi made made $403.7 million domestically. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. I mean, this is right after the X-Men, yeah. when there weren't any superhero it's, movies yeah. ever. Yeah. And Spider-Man is a hot ticket item. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man 2 comes in second. Really? Yes. Uh, Spider-Man 3 comes in third. Spider-Man Homecoming comes in fourth. Really? Yeah. But now this is just domestic, though. Okay. And then The Amazing Spider-Man and then its sequel. Yeah. At $202 million. Yeah. Um, now, worldwide, unadjusted for inflation, 
Spider-Man 3 Worldwide is number one. Jesus. Yeah. And then Homecoming is number two. And it made ten, just ten million. Actually, less. you know, what? I think Venom strikes me as like something that like Japanese and like Chinese, like view like people would fucking love. It kind of like strikes me as like that anime type character. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's like rooted in such like Western culture that I. I, I know, but it's, I don't know. Every time I think of anime, I always think of like those like tentacly type. Are you thinking of hentai? <laughs> Maybe, but like, I don't know. Even like when we saw Akira, there was like, even sure. when like things were going nuts there, they always had like these weird like things that stuck out with like tentacles and shit. Sure. Um, uh, just to finish off my list, uh, Spider-Man 3 is number one, and then Homecoming is number two, and then the original Spider-Man, and then two, and then Amazing, and then its sequel, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, so there you go. A little fun. A little fun with little fun. A little fun with little facts funness. there. Um, what, uh, what's the, uh, story to Spider-Man 3? Well, I gave the story for Venom, you give the story for Spider-Man 3. Okay, <laughs> uh, we pick up where we left off. Peter Parker is, uh, now, uh, rev- uh, a very popular figure. Spider-Man is- Everyone loves, loves him. Spider-Man. And in an odd role reversal, Mary Jane is the one, kind of not, uh- Living up to her potential, I suppose. Getting a little bit dogged on more than usual. Yeah. Well, she starts out being kind of successful. She's on a Broadway play. Yeah, uh, to set it up. But then, yes. and But then she has the old Parker luck. And, like, everything doesn't start going right. And everything starts shitting on her. But uh, throughout the movie, we get some foils for Spider-Man. We get uh, Sandman is introduced as a yep. foil for him. Uh, Venom, obviously, is introduced. Harry Osborn comes back as a yes. bit of a foil for the old yes. Spider-Man. Uh, carrying on the Goblin legacy of uh, the last two films. Yes. Um, and then Spider-Man has to figure out how to overcome all of those odds. And defeat his foes and save the day. He sure does. Sure does. <laughs> so I think I brought up and I went on a mini rant uh, last Thursday's episode. Not uh, not last Thursday, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. About Avi Arad. Yeah. Um, I hate that man. <laughs> <laughs> and so the only reason Venom was even introduced in Spider-Man 3 is because of this man. Yeah. Because, oh, if you're going to... This is... I'm doing an approximation of, a, of his accent. Okay. Oh, if you're going to do Spider-Man 3, you have to have him... Uh, he's the most Spider-Man popular character. You need to put him in the movie. He kind of sounds like his, his neighbor landlord. <laughs> Peter Parker's neighbor landlord. Uh, you want an orange? <laughs> <laughs> you a good man? You a good Venom? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh... So, uh, that's the only reason he's in this. Sam Raimi is a lover of the original incarnation of the character from the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. That's what he grew up on as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it shows in the way he delivers Spider-Man in his movies. Yeah. They're fun. Well, fun to the point, if you look at, uh, like, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Like, you can tell they have, like, a quirky like 
kind of weird timeless charm to them that yeah. the amazing spider-man does not have it feels yeah. like it's set in a different time period even though it's like happening kind of now mm-hmm. and it's like everyone kind of ha- also has like that even though it's set in modern times everyone kind of has like that 60s 70s mentality where yeah. they all kind of like speaking ah geez jonah what you gonna do about this yeah, yeah take yeah. your pills <laughs> yeah yeah uh and I and I really dig that he stuck to his guns and did that. The only thing is, it juxtaposed in this own movie that they needed to have this Venom character. He got forced into doing it by Avi Arad uh, because he's like a super popular character. That was the only reason. Yeah. And granted, I bet you would put butts in seats. It's the number one movie worldwide in 2007. Yeah. Um, but... They crammed a lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah, I feel like even though they made Sam Raimi put Venom in this, he still tried to stick to his guns to try to make the movie that he wanted. Yeah. And in that attempt, it's just a mess of so much happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I would, I would, like... I'm not going to worry about spoilers in this. This movie is seven, like yeah. fucking 12 years old or yeah. whatever. If you're listening point. to this, you've probably already seen it. So <laughs> like, just so, listen to the fucking thing. <laughs> so I feel like uh, even though there's so much crammed into this movie, it is more coherent than Venom was. I'll say that, yeah. Um, At least this one, granted, it has some dumb humor. I don't think it insults my intelligence as much as venom does right i actually on this because i haven't seen spider-man 3 in a while i liked this more than i thought i was going to going in really i did okay because i was ready to really dog shit on it yeah and there were parts in this i'm like oh yeah i forgot this was in there there are parts i don't like but overall i'm like that was fine that was fine. Yeah. Like, I just sat back and and tried to just enjoy the ride it was taking me on. Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of that fact, I think Venom did not need to be in this movie. In fact, these are the things I don't want in this movie. One, Venom. <laughs> Two, Topher Grace as Venom. Three, Gwen Stacy. She can be out. Yeah. And then... Oh, shit. I wrote it down. Um... Oh, yeah, that's it. This Okay, the, my note is, Sandman is great in this. I wish he was the only Venom, or the only, oh, fuck! No, now I got Venom on the brain! Uh, I wish he was the only villain in this. Yeah. And then they wrapped up the Harry Osborn arc in this as well. Because yeah. then you only have to deal with two hanging plot threads. Yeah. And you don't have to have this shoehorned in thing, which it is definitely shoehorned in. To the fact that it doesn't even really explain what Venom is. Yeah. He just lands on Earth in the opening sequence, and then he just runs amok until, like, the end of the second act. Yeah, even if it's supposed... Like, they even do the thing where it's like, if it is supposed to be symbiotic and be with a host, it spends an unmeasurable amount of time not being with a host. Yeah. It just is, like, kind <laughs> it of It just there. hangs out in Peter's apartment <laughs> yeah. for what could be three months. <laughs> Who knows? Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I my note is I wish the Sandman was the only villain. They could have then wrapped up the Harry Osborn storyline. They didn't have to do that dark, weird turn they took Peter on. He could have just I feel like if they took all of that out, 
made it a nice tight story because I really like the Sandman stuff in this quite a bit. Okay. Still. Okay. Like I know it's kind of cliche, and they don't, and they, and they do make him the murderer of Uncle Ben, which I also don't like. Ugh, okay. Yeah. That I hate that. Yeah. Very much. Um, I think that Thomas Hayden Church did a pretty good emotional part in this and made him not just a villain for no reason and made him kind of a sympathetic person, which at this point in the Spider-Man movies that we've gotten from this point, yeah. we haven't gotten yet. Mm-hmm. We've gotten Green Goblin who goes crazy yeah. and is just like a maniac. We got Dr. Octopus who is a brilliant man, but then goes crazy. <laughs> I came up I came up with this idea that all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies involve an entity that enters someone's mind and makes them go crazy. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Um but Sandman I felt like kept his humanity even though he became like this monstrous thing. And if Spider-Man at the end of this was just only going to fight Sandman where Sandman grows this big giant monster yeah. Like, I thought that'd be a pretty... And, like, had it, like, stretch out to this, like, a decent fight. Yeah. Instead of just being bombarded with a few bombs and then being taken out right away. Yeah. I think it would have been a good... I think it would have been a good arc. And it would have been a nice, tight, like, 120 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you disagree? To be honest, Troy, I wholeheartedly disagree. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Because I honestly thought that I thought I'm like the exact reverse where I thought the the Sandman stuff was forced, and um, for as 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 like kind of weird as the movie is, I was not hating the symbiote stuff. Okay, I even like Topher Grace as Eddie Brock in this. Yeah, okay, quite a bit. I don't disagree with you because I was a supporter. Of him in this. I didn't mind a like. Because everyone hated when this movie came out in 2007. That he wasn't like this big beefy dude. Yeah. Who gets like this alien costume. And becomes like this monstrous guy. Yeah. I didn't mind that it was Topher Grace. Who's kind of small and unassuming. And he gets this monstrous creature on him. It turns him to like this beast. Yeah. And what you see venom visually is like his inner demons coming out yeah and lashing out yeah. i i was a supporter of yeah. topher grace and when it came out if i'm gonna be fully honest i hated everyone in this but topher grace oh really okay this, this movie is so weird because i feel like everyone is not even acting like a human being everyone is acting like the sh- like a character type or an archetype or some just, like, something to appease the plot. But I feel like Topher Grace is the only one that kind of adds a adds, adds some kind of character that feels human. Everyone okay. else just feels really weird and forced. I, Even Peter Parker Yeah, there are this. There are points where I agree with you that Peter and Mary Jane feel like they're just putting in the work. Yeah, like, they, they it feels like they're... They have conflict for no reason because they're not talking to each other yeah. i feel like they don't have conversations outside of the dialogue in this movie because if they yeah. would they would figure out what the problem is yeah but every time they talk to each other it's just very 
blanket statements and then they get mad at each other where it's like just whoa 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 don't run away just if there's a problem you can easily figure it out with like maybe two or three more sentences but then they're just like you don't listen to me i'm going like you're not listening to him listen to each other you're the worst this is the one movie i've seen where i wanted the couple to not be together they need to break up because they are just not they're yeah the most unhealthy relationship i've ever seen i agree so like i don't want like I don't want to just repeat, like, another person's opinion on this, but Jason Manzukas in a uh, How Does This Get Made, said they have the personality of two wet bags of dog shit. <laughs> and I <laughs> agree partially with that. Is that. I don't think they have any chemistry in this movie. No. But when they do have their fights, I feel like actual human moments come out, and I think those are well done. Like, for instance, when Harry Osborne forces Mary Jane to break up with him on the bridge, I thought that was pretty good. Because he thinks he's going to meet Mary Jane to re- reconcile with her yeah. and get back together. But unbeknownst to him, like, she's gonna she's breaking off with him uh, under duress. Yeah. And he doesn't know why, and she can't tell him why, and he's confused and sad, and I... I feel it from both of them in that moment there that I thought that was a pretty good scene. Okay. That was a good scene. Let me ask you. Okay. How does he get Mary Jane to break up with Peter Parker? Um, he tells Mary Jane, yeah, just to go either break up break with Peter or, or I'm, I'm going to kill him. him. Yeah. Who is Peter Parker? What, what are you talking Spider-Man. about? Spider-Man. Yeah. So Mary Jane is just like, oh, Harry's going to kill Spider-Man. Well, at this point, like, he's got, like, full goblin strength and, like, cr- almost puts her through a wall. So that could be a formidable... Peter opponent. Parker Spider-Man! But, like, What's he... gonna stop him from doing it in the future? <laughs> saw, oh, so you broke up with Peter Parker. I'm gonna still fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. That is the dumbest fucking reason i ever saw like if she didn't know he was spider-man sure holy shit that's scary i'm gonna totally break up with him he's fucking spider-man why doesn't they're together why doesn't she's harry's not even in on the conversation just be like harry fucking held me against a wall and said he was gonna kill you if i don't break up with you why doesn't she say that Harry's I, nowhere near the situation. See, that doesn't bother me. That, this whole thing, it's, it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was well done. She like, he, Why did she fuck with him in that way if she knew that he was powerful enough to fight him off? She was threatened by Harry Osborn. She was almost put through a brick wall and he held her by the throat. Like, I'm going to go kill her boyfriend. If, she th- if she's already in this situation, there's no reason for her not to think, if I don't follow through, he'll just kill me too. He's fucking gone off the crazy end. Her boyfriend is fucking Spider-Man. And she's about to talk to him personally. (laughs) Without Harry involved in the situation. If she's scared enough, then she would... I could see her going through this. (laughs) Uh, Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree is the stupidest fucking thing ever. I don't think it's stupid. No, I don't think it's stupid. So you have a, a, a a powerful person... So that means she has no faith in Spider-Man. She feels like, oh, Harry just held me against a wall. 
there's no way that my boyfriend Spider-Man could beat him, even though I've seen him beat the Green Goblin, who has the same fucking strength, and Dr. Octopus, who is like, like these tentacles. She knows who her boyfriend is, and she's about to see him in a situation that Harry's not involved in. Yeah. Even if she knows that he's watching, be like, look sad and walk away and we'll take care of this later. I'm not breaking up with you. I'm just telling you that he wanted me to break up with you. Sure. Fine. That does, that none of this bothers me at all. And you yelling at me is not wow. going to change my opinion. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying that is the... Literally, when I, I, like, I went into it being like he threatened her life and like forced like oh he's gonna kill her but he was like i'm gonna kill peter if you don't break up with him he's fucking spider-man listen this has a <laughs> line in it where fucking literally willem dafoe says first we attack his heart so obviously he said that in all of them <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they need to follow through with willem dafoe says because he's the most prominent actor in this movie and he came back for this one part to yell, first we attack his heart. <laughs> These people have the dumbest fucking ideas. <laughs> and this is just one of the many. Um, can we go over some Sandman stuff really quick? Because I sure. do have some gripes about it. Okay. Like how Sandman is created. First of all, I know this has probably gone What's over this like experiment? a... experiment? And first of all, yeah. What are they doing to Sand to do... <laughs> To demolecularize yeah. sand. Yeah. What is this going to do? What in, are you, in... Making smaller sand? <laughs> I don't know. And first of all, why guys, are you doing it outside with no roof? Yeah. Guys, sand is too big. We need to make it smaller. <laughs> why is the experiment outside, not in a controlled area, yeah. where just a bird could land? <laughs> In this thing, and the fact yeah. that it may happen so often that one of the scientists just brushes it off is like, yeah, it's probably a bird. Fuck it. Just start it. <laughs> and that it is so unguarded <laughs> that he climbs a fence, and the cops know that this man climbed this fence. Right. And they're just like, all right. <laughs> they don't call it in. They don't say he's in this. He's in this. Medical, he's in this testing site. Right. We need to inform the proper authorities. There might be some kind of phone number <laughs> on these signs that are saying dangerous keep out. Right. That we could call to be like, hey, if you're doing some weird molecular type <laughs> experiments, you might want to Don't stop. do it because there's an escaped convict inside <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> it's also, I noticed on this rewatch too, is that he falls in the pit. And then the blast doors close, closing the windows after he already has fallen in. And I'm like, you should have been able to see him. There's in there. no windows. It's just a, a, a yeah, bunch of are. rods. No, spinning. no. Like he falls in there, and then there's that little scientist room that a blast doors come down to evade their vision of the demolecularization oh to the pit. They could have seen him fall in there, <laughs> and none of the, nobody says anything. That was a really big bird that just fell oh, in there. Oh, you see that man-sized bird? <laughs> yeah, he'll probably fly away. Uh, so there's that. I have so many questions about that molecular Also, experiment. how stuck up is the daughter of the Sandman that she keeps a locket of herself? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but I... <laughs> I just assumed that it was his locket for whatever reason. But I did still like the uh, Sandman, like, uh, origin scene where he's trying to grab the locket. I thought that still worked. 
I thought the Danny Elfman score was really well done during that too. Yeah, I mean that was fine, but he's just such a like. I I understand you like it, but it's such it's so one note because it's just like I like I want to save my daughter. I want to save my daughter. Yeah. And it's so one note, and then even like the things that he does in it, it makes no sense. Where it's like I'm gonna steal all this money to save my daughter, and it's like. I'm sure they're going to ask where they got all that money if you ever do get it to her. But, yeah, so, like, okay, so I, I get what your argument is, but, like, I feel if Raimi had his original vision with this and didn't have to cram stuff a thousand other things in here in order to make the Venom storyline work to appease the producers, yeah, I think that his, like, wholesome 60s-ish story would have worked for the Sandman, yeah. fulfill, like, stretched out through this whole movie. Like, okay. I, that... That's my personal belief. That's not what we got because we got more of a Venom story than we got a Sandman story. But I feel that if this was done right, that Spider-Man 4, what they had in the works with John Malkovich being the vulture would have been (laughs) awesome. Yeah. And I would have loved to seen that. Yeah. John Malkovich is the vulture would have been really fun. Yeah. It would have been. And it was, I was following that really close because that was, I was in college and I was really getting into like pre-production movie news and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I was following that really close up until the day it was just officially canceled and I was pretty bummed out. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, John Malkovich as the vulture? (laughs) Yes! And then it was like, nope, canceled. Like, fuck. I think if the Sandman stuff was more thought out and like if it would have had its own movie, I think it would have been drawn out to an extent where it would have made sense and it would have been more fun but i feel like because the studio was harping on him for so much of the venom stuff that it did kind of get brushed to the to the wayside and he did want to still include it but i felt like because it was so far to the wayside everything about it like that felt forced yeah even though it was probably his original vision all of the scenes from that felt forced Okay. Even the scene where, uh, like, so when Peter Parker actually does get the Venom suit, mm-hmm. that's dumb <laughs> because I like that he's the Venom. I love I love the Venom suit thing and him like dealing with the idea that mm-hmm. he's a darker version of himself. Mm-hmm. But he essentially almost kills two people, or he thinks <laughs> yeah. that he's killed one person, almost kills his best friend. Ruins a man's life and career, doesn't snap out of it until he backhands his girlfriend. Yeah. So two a double homicide and ruining a man's life, he's fine. Backhands Mary Jane. I'm a fucking dick. Well, he's got personal stakes with Mary Jane. Still, that <laughs> makes Peter Parker a huge piece of shit. Yeah, it does. I Peter Parker's yeah. a huge piece of sh- piece of shit to this whole thing. Mary Jane's a piece of shit too, but. They're both very shitty people in this. I. They're people like if they're going to be in a relationship, they need to talk to each other, but they never do. No, that's true. A lot of things can be definitely thought out or uh, at least talked out of this whole throughout. I think Peter Parker's just. I I don't. I. I kind of want to go back and rewatch one and two because I think I liked him more in that. But in this, watching this back, he's just, I just don't like him at all. Every time he shows up, I'm just like, you're such a fucking skeevy dickhead throughout this whole fucking thing. 
Like, you never seem to really empathize with anybody. Like, you only look out for yourself, even when he's not wearing the fucking Venom suit. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's even, like... Uh, but Mary Jane even brings that up, because, like, any anytime she has, like, something where she needs, like, emotional support, he always brings up, like, well, when I'm Spider-Man, I just get back up on the horse and do whatever. And she's like, I don't need that speech right now. I need you to just say everything's going to be okay. But she never conveys... Go ahead. And then he just jumps off and goes to be Spider-Man when she needed yeah. her when she needed him there more. But the thing is, she never conveys why she needs that speech. She never tells him that she got she fired. She never from has time. Like, granted, she keeps it from him. Yes, but she he doesn't make the time for her to even listen. So it goes both ways. Like, yeah. he, they could have had that conversation in his apartment room, in, a, in, his, in his apartment room. But like, he jumped out the window to be Spider-Man instead. Sure, but it's still, like, she gets mad at him because she doesn't tell him the thing that's bothering her, but yet he she gets mad that he she, he doesn't know the thing that's bothering her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even I mean, when... Granted, like, even when they they're at to that, each other... Even when they're at that the dinner, they're at that dinner and she leaves, mm -hmm. she could have told him then, but yeah. she still's like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, so you're being mad at him for a thing that he doesn't know why you're mad. <laughs> And then meanwhile, he's being a skeevy dickhead all the fucking time, and I can't even fucking like him. Yeah, well, so this is my thought process on him now, because now in, in this third movie, Spider-Man is actually liked, and before then, he's been, like, the world's most shit-on nerd, um, and he finally has a little bit of popularity or something he can hold on to. Yeah. And now he thinks he's like king shit because yeah. he has this little bit of confidence. And so even when the dance number scenes come up, yeah, which he's like doing fucking disco down the street or whatever. Yeah. I like that because no, I do too. He because he's like a total dweeb and now he thinks he's fucking hot shit. But even as he's dancing down the street, people are like Ugh, like disgusted with him. But they changed it up a lot, though. Like, there's some women that are like disgusted, and the other women that are like turned on by it. No, no. I watched this intently. Nobody is turned on by no, his dancing. Um, what's her name from the Daily Bugle is turned on by it. Oh, Betty Brant. But like, walking <laughs> down the street, sure. But like, Betty Brant has like a relationship with him already. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I'm kind of discounting that one. But like, he's walking down the street and he's pointing at chicks, and they're even la they're either laughing in his face or like turning around, yeah. and trying not to. But rush. I like that shit because yeah, like this does like you said that you had like a. a like a uh, idea about which did Venom right. Yeah. And I feel like Spider-Man three is the one that did Venom the best. Okay. Because it it's what it's supposed to be. And they even explain it where it's like, it's this symbiotic host that latches onto you and then pretty much expels what you're feeling or like you're, yeah, it, 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 amplifies, it, yeah, your amplifies who you are. Yeah. And so it's like all these like deep seated feelings that Peter has, it comes out through this venom right so it's like yeah and he's a dork so like when he goes out and he like does all this shit in in public he's not he doesn't have like that self-repression where he holds it back because he's, right. he thinks it's inappropriate right he goes out and he fucking dances to jazz and he right. fucking acts like acts shitty to people right and when he actually does come across his uncle's killer he fucking kills him and shit uh -huh. so it's like he he acts on all of his 
all the things that he represses and holds deep down inside and that's what i think venom's supposed to be and like that's why i think they like this does venom better than what venom does there um i'm not and it doesn't fucking talk to him (laughs) (laughs) see okay i don't mind that venom talks to eddie and like in the venom movie i don't mind that he's in his head but I, I I don't know which one did him did the character better. I like that it's more ambiguous in this one that they don't have to go to try to explain like a whole lineage of like these symbiote creatures or whatever yeah. as they did in Venom. Yeah. Yep. This one is kind of just like a random occurrence, even though it's like I would have liked a better reason why it just came to Earth rather than yeah. just landed. I don't. The, that that, that doesn't whatever. matter to me. Yeah. Okay. But um, I did like that what it did in this more than in Venom, where it was kind of just like, I'm just going to take control yeah. of your body sometimes, and maybe <laughs> I'm bad and yeah. to, for your health or whatever. Yeah. And this is just like, yeah, it's a parasitic, parasitic organism that like revs up your fucking yeah. emotions to 10. Like, I, I always saw kind of like the symbiote as kind of like an allegory for drugs, mm-hmm. where it it's bad for you and but it makes you feel powerful really and strong yeah so like even when you try and get away from it it still kind of like calls back to you like ah, i need to bring it just one more time i'll wear it one more time like even when he when uh like there's multiple times where like he takes the suit off and throws it in a trunk and tries to put it under his bed but there's like when like things start getting hard he looks at that trunk and he's like should i put it ba- i think i should put it back on yeah like that's what it's supposed to be. Like it's supposed to be an allegory for like drugs or some kind of like habit where it's like uh-huh. it's bad for you, but it you feels good. Enough. Yeah, but yeah. it feels good. Like it feels like it gets the job done when other times it doesn't. Yeah. So I like that idea of it. It's just that them introducing like, oh, I did all this shit, but oh my god, I backhanded Mary Jane. I should really rethink my life. Like, well, fuck you, dude. Like you've done so much horrible <laughs> shit. And you've gotten to this point. Yeah, whatever. Well, that was, like, the culmination of everything. Like, not only is he, like, going around being a total D-bag, now he just, like, hits the woman that he's, like, loved forever. I think that would be, like, a big wake-up call. Yeah, okay. Maybe, but... I don't know. He's, he's, he's murdered people. <laughs> Who even... Did he, did he murder somebody? Even, this? uh... Well, he, uh... He, uh... He thought that he murdered the Sandman... Oh, yeah. And uh, he almost fucking... How the fuck... How much time went by from when Harry ate that fucking grenade? Oh, yeah. Because when they go back... So, like, he fucking takes a grenade, and then the next time you see him, he's got scar tissue all over his face. That's true. That means a year (laughs) went by or some shit. How is he not, like, fucking, like, scabbed a fuck? Yeah, I I didn't really pay attention to that, but yeah. I But while we're on that subject, I actually really enjoyed that fight scene up in Harry's penthouse. I I more like the one in the beginning when it was him and Peter. Oh, when they're rocketing through the streets? Yeah, I thought that one was pretty fun. That one was good, too. Um, I thought, um, even though they're both, like, superhuman-powered people that the fight in the penthouse was actually pretty, still felt really personal. And, like, I remember in the theater watching this, 
granted, I'm one of the dicks when this came out. I was dressed as Venom when I went to the theater for this. <laughs> I painted my face up and everything. And then I there were like literal gasps when Spider-Man like threw that grenade back at him. Yeah. There was everyone was like, <gasps> and then it blew up in his in fucking Harry Osborne's face. I was like, that was pretty well done. And even watching it this time, when they're just yeah. chucking each other th- across the room, yeah, I, it didn't feel like... And the blade that comes out of his arm that makes the whooshing sound for no reason. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I kind of like that. I just like that sound or whatever. Um, but I thought I really liked that fight scene. And a lot of the action scenes in this, too, I kind of liked until the end where like, they were kind of rubbery CGI oh, people yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I thought um, up until then, I thought the action was pretty well done. You can see what's going on. Yeah. Like, the they were pretty personable fights. Like, I, I thought they were pretty good. What did you think of James Franco's uh, Weird portrayal eye. as uh, <laughs> Harry Osborn? Um, I felt... <laughs> It was the weirdest in this one. He acted like a fucking doofus throughout the whole fucking thing. See, I... Okay. I liked when he was Happy Harry. I thought it was funny. And I... On this rewatch, I'm like, this is fun. Look at him being a total doof. Like, I I liked it. There's that face. (laughs) See, I liked it. They're my my best friends. (laughs) I, I thought it was fun. Like, I... Granted, watching this, I'm like, James Franco's not, like, the best actor, is he? But when he was, like, Happy Harry in this for a minute, I thought it was fun. He was such a fucking doofus. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was fun. There was that scene. It was such a painful... All the scenes, like, in his apartment were so fucking painful. Like, the one where he's just talking to Peter and they're just like, hey, remember... When we played when basketball, oh, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And that then when, bad. like, Mary Jane came in and they were, like, cooking together and they did the twist. See, I thought that was fine. Oh, I thought that was fine. That was, it was, like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> what is this shit I'm I thought watching? that was okay. I, I am on They're board just, with all that happy how, Harry what stuff. The, what is happening? Why are, you, why are you doing the twist now? <laughs> and they're just, like. Like, awkwardly doing the twist, too, where it's like, look at me. Thought it was fine. I was into it. What I, I, what I liked less was the depressed, super serious Harry. When he's like, oh, but yeah, I, I like that. I'm supposed to be the Green Goblin. I like the depressed, because he was, like, total dick. Like, he was, like, he came off more like a smarmy dick when he was the dickhead Harry. Oh, we sure, when he's, when like, he in was, that cafe or whatever? Yeah, when he was happy Harry, he seemed like a, he was just like, <laughs> oh, I like my friend. Where's my friends? I like my friends. Hey, remember this? You want to do my play? <laughs> hey, Bernard, get some food. <laughs> Bernard, do I have a girlfriend? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I should I should get a girlfriend. <laughs> hey, Peter. Hey, Mary Jane. There's there's my friends. <laughs> I like that. I, I don't care what you I say. I was like, what is... You're not even a person right now. I liked it. <laughs> like, you're not even acting like a human. You're just like... <laughs> And then the whole amnesia angle is so overdone, too. Oh, yeah. I mean... I was just like, the fuck is happening? Yeah. I, I can't argue with that. Um, what else do I have? Um, yeah, but how about Bernard being the biggest villain out of the entire Spider-Man <laughs> universe? Just by not... Just like, oh, yeah, by the people. way, 
The Turns whole reason, yeah, the whole thing, the whole reason why you want revenge on Spider-Man, it's bullshit because they didn't tell you this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably something you should have told him when it happened. <laughs> uh, I cleaned his wounds, sir. The glider pierced. The glider pierced. I his own his body was pierced by his own glider. I cleaned his. Wounds. I cleaned his wounds. Fucking Bernard! You should have told me that in the first movie, you asshole! Yeah. You dumb fuck! You could have saved. Two movies of grief, <laughs> you dumb old fuck. Um, yeah, I really got nothing else. I was just went through all my notes. I think we hit pretty much on everything. Yeah. But uh, um, I'll go back to like why I really like Eddie Brock in in this because I feel like I think he's like the most human character out of everybody. Well, he's got he's like the only one with an arc really in the movie. Yeah, and he he strikes me as like like a person. Like he's like. He does all this, like, shitty shit, but, like, he does it in a way where, like, he's kind of lying to himself. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Where, like, you can see, like, he even, like, he does stuff where it's, like, he, like, calls Gwen Stacy his girlfriend even though they went on one date. Yeah. And, like, he, like, cheats his way to getting a job at the Daily Bugle. Yeah. And then when uh, Peter calls him out on it, he's like, I just, I just really need this. Uh-huh. And, like, the fact that he always calls him... Like, people call him uh, Eddie or Brock, and he always corrects them and says Edward, Edward Brock Jr., uh-huh. where it's like, you feel like he has, like, some daddy issues there, where, like, he was, <laughs> I like... I didn't read into it that much. But, no, but I felt that, because where it's, like, he always says Edward Brock Jr., where it's, like, he always makes sure that the surname, like, his dad's name was out there, where it's, like, you feel like he was trying to really make himself look like this big person in front of his dad and his dad never really accepted him. And then that's why he's like, he needs to like, <laughs> that's why he like needs to like always, I need to have like uh, the prettiest girls, my girlfriend, I need to have like the best job. And then when they don't, when they don't pan out and his life goes to shit, he can't blame himself because that means he failed. So then he blames it all on Peter Parker. Yeah. And that's when Venom attaches itself to him. Yeah. I like that whole story. And, that's why he feels like the most human character out of everybody. Everyone else just feels like a shell of a person kind of going through the motions to try and make you feel like, oh, Mary Jane, don't leave. And it's like, you didn't do shit to fucking keep Mary Jane. <laughs> Mary Jane didn't do shit to fucking keep you. Mm-hmm. Fucking Harry Osborne is a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and like, weirdo San- yeah, Sandman <laughs> is just saying, I want my daughter. Yep. It's just everyone is just very one note, and Eddie Brock seems like the only character in this that feels that he has dimensions and a character that I can actually follow. Okay, that's why I that's why I think like he's the best, and I think like this like this is the best portrayal of Venom. Out like this is a better portrayal of Venom other than Venom. Okay, the only other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, I agree. I Good. feel like he's the most like fleshed out character in yes. this. And he, I think he has like the less amount of screen. Like I think he has less screen time than Sandman. Even yeah, Sandman didn't end up being in this a whole lot. No, he isn't. But like the the small bits you get of Eddie Brock, I think speak more volumes than even Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the the 
the bummer thing is, like, they've already gone through, like, two other movies before this. And so they're like, where can we really go with this character now? Yeah. So, like, we can make him, like, moody and depressed and, like, angry. And so they did that. But, like, he, other than, like, Eddie Brock, like, maybe he'd have the most, uh, second most, like, turnaround in this. Like, he does have, like, a mini arc where he does have, like, that dark period for a moment to realize it's bad for him. Yeah. But, like, it, I don't feel like it has much of a payoff as, like, Eddie Brock does. Yeah. So I agree. Even though I hate that he has, like, the fucking teeth. That it climbs in his throat to fucking make his weird jangled teeth. Oh, that didn't bother me. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> I do like the way Venom looks in Venom more than I do in this. Even, like, when Ghost Hunter Dave... <laughs> He even since this movie came out, he always said that Venom's head in this looks like they just cut a basketball in half. <laughs> like, eh, kind of. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, oh, before we go, my favorite scene in this whole thing. This this made me bust out laughing. So the whole scene when uh, Gwen Stacy is like clinging for her life uh-huh. when the crane. Uh-huh. Like, runs through the building, and then, like, she's, like, hanging out of a window. Her father, who's a police commissioner... Right. Grabs binoculars. Uh-huh. Looks up to the building, sees her, his 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 only daughter yep. hanging for her life... Yep. ...out of a top-story building <laughs> right. window. Right. And he says, what's she doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> I was like, that's your... That's your... Uh, your that is that's... superior acting by James Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> what is she doing up there? <laughs> She's screaming for her life. Honey, quit farting around. Hey, what is she doing up there? <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah. Uh, so, overall, yeah. what would you... Uh... This movie's a mess. Well, what would you grade the movie? <laughs> this is probably, uh, even though I like the portrayal of Venom on, in this more than in Venom, I'm going to probably have to give it like the same grade as oh, I did geez, Venom. Like, really? D minus. I did not like. Everyone in this is such a fucking cardboard cutout of a person. The only person that seems like a human being is Eddie Brock. Everyone else is just, I, I love you, Mary Jane. <laughs> You don't listen to me. You don't talk. You don't fucking talk, Mary Jane. Everyone, it, it just seems like just walking through a haze of just what a person should be. No one acts like how a person acts. Mm. And this one didn't insult my intelligence, but it gave me characters I could give less of a fuck about. Sure. So just for that sin alone, I'm just gonna give it the same grade I gave Venom as a D minus. Oh my goodness, this I'm, movie sucks. I'm gonna <laughs> grade this like way higher than you. <laughs> Not like a perfect score or anything like that, but like I watched this and I had a fairly good time with it because I remember not liking it so much, and then I was watching it this time. I'm like, what was I complaining about? This movie's fun enough, like. It was. I thought it was better than Venom. Overall, yeah. Um, and I thought it stuck true to what Raimi already set up before. So I'm gonna give this movie like mm, a high C plus. All right. 
I won't, I won't fault you for it. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I had fun. Like, maybe it's just the time that passed and I knew what to expect going in. But the things that bothered me before, I was like, you know what? This is fine. Like, I just let the movie take me for a ride. Whereas, like, I, I don't think I could do that with Venom. Because I'd be still having the same questions as, like, why did this happen here, but it didn't happen here? Or why is this whole chunk of the movie missing? And I felt like I got a complete story here, even though things could be solved with just people talking to each other. Yeah. I just let the movie take me for where it wanted to go. I mean, yeah, this is a complete story, but it it's just... People don't act like how a person would act in the in a situation. That's but the only I, thing that the only thing that that rubs me the wrong way. It's like I feel, but there are human moments in this though that come out with the arguments that you wouldn't have if they were just been like, "Hey, let's just sit down and talk and like be fine." Like, yeah, but the human moments would be them working it out from the argument they have. They have the argument and then they just decide to not talk anymore, just to build up the tension. And yeah. that doesn't that's not but then what you wouldn't have a movie. You would just have like it done in the second act. But but they still treat it like it like it's not even an option. Mm. Like they just if they get to a point where like if they work it out in a way where it's like, oh shit, they're just on two different levels. They just need to find a way to reach that perfect medium. I would get that. I would be behind it. But they get to a point where it's like they keep arguing and then they get to a point where they're just like, So how do we keep the tension? I don't know, just make them run away. Then then they're just yeah, stupid I people. I don't think it's as They're bad stupid as what you're fucking saying. people. They're just they don't they're not fucking There's such a fucking disregard for like what's really going on that they just ignore it so that they can keep the tension going. And it's stupid. Well, like just come out and say that Mary Jane's fucking jealous. That's it. Yeah. Just come out and say that Peter Parker is on such a high that he is kind of ignoring the fact that Mary Jane is kind of kind of on a shit run right now. But instead of actually kind of going on the idea where it's like, oh no, that might kind of make them seem like a piece of shit, they just ignore it in general. And so it's like, oh, so they're just not people. They're not human beings that communicate with each other. Do you, so like I do you feel like they completely ignore it as a story wise, or do you just feel like because Peter is on such a high this at this point in his life and he wants to keep riding that, he just doesn't think to ask how things are going. No. Because be I can see that. Because be Ma Mary Jane doesn't say anything. But, like, he should read a room. You know what? He should come in and be able to, like, hey, I can tell you're upset, but guess what? That police scanner's going off, so hopefully this little chat we had is fine. I'm going to jump out a window and leave. He or, like, even when they come up into the restaurant like she probably should by now have told him like something is wrong oh that's a scene where peter's a dick too where he's like he doesn't even introduce mary jane as his girlfriend he, he says this is my friend mary jane right and then he talks up fucking gwen stacy is that she's like fucking like rubbing the shit out of his shoulder where it's like so why didn't you call her your girlfriend if you love her so much yeah yeah so but that's just another that's just another stupid thing they throw in to add tension so that Mary Jane can call him out on that bullshit. If he really loved Mary Jane, he'd be like, hey, excuse me, I'm with my girlfriend right now. Do you mind if... I mean, we'll, we'll talk later, but I'm with my girlfriend. I have this really important thing that I want to do with her. Instead, he, like, eats it up. Where it's like, yeah, 
she's my lab partner. Isn't she hot? And she's like rubbing his shoulder and shit where you're just like, you're just a fucking dick then. So, okay. I'm not trying to defend him or anything like that, but there are points where I, in my life where I have been on like a bit of like an ego high yeah, and I don't see his actions in this being out of complete character if all of his life he's been a dweeb and shit on his whole life. No, I get that. But I would I would have liked it more if Mary Jane did express what's bothering her and then he still kind of like he like kind of introduces it with like, well, when I'm Spider-Man, I try and do this. I would have liked that more, but she doesn't communicate it, so then I hate both of them. As opposed to like he does would... do that though. And when they argue in the apartment, he brings up like when I'm Spider Man, I do that, and she's like, I don't want to hear that. I but want she... you just to yeah. Be but here she for doesn't me. introduce what's bothering her. She because just says you know, she never got the chance. She had the chance there. It's like oh, I got fired from my job today. So now, now you're a dick. She could have said that. That all it takes is three seconds to say I got fired. <laughs> I got fired True. from my job. True. Just say that. But she never says it. Because they don't want to fucking make a villain in this. They just want to make them both idiots. <laughs> so if fucking... So if fucking... So if Toby... So if Spider-Man heard that and was like, Oh, well, you know, I was down in my luck, but I put myself back up. Then I would have sympathy for Mary Jane. And then that would drive the story. Uh-huh. But the fact she doesn't say that makes them both idiots. So I fucking hate both of them. That's what? my problem with the movie. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't have those same problems. I think it's fine. Everyone's an idiot in this. I think, I think yes, they can be dealt with by talking to each other, but I think both of them have enough egos that they don't want to break the bad news to each other because they want to think everything is still fine, and they want to play off everything is still fine until the point but Mary- where they both know it's not fine at all, and then they have to split it. But Mary Jane is saying not everything's fine, and then when Peter asks why, she doesn't say why. He never comes out and explicitly says why. Like when, like when he, he acts goes, confused, he's like, "What's wrong?" He, yeah, he says, says, "What's wrong?" And then she says, "Nothing." Right when, like, they're but at then that she's ceremony like, "Ceremony for Spider-Man." She doesn't want to ruin his like big day. Yeah, but when they're on that on that fucking dinner, she could have said something. When they're in the apartment before he leaves, she could have said something. There's so many times where she, she could have said something, but she doesn't, and then she gets pissed when he doesn't know what's wrong. Right, but. At the same time, he gets interrupted and wants to do his own Spider-Man thing, and she knows that, like, like, uh, fucking whatever. He's not going to listen to her anyway because his mind is preoccupied. How and, does she know? Because he just they just heard a fucking radio call, like, all units, all units, whatever. His mind is completely off her now. They were talking for a long time. They were talking for literally they, 30 no. seconds. <laughs> well, she could have said, I got fired. Because there was, like, literally a time there where, like... When he was like, well, you know, when I get down, I just pick myself up because I'm Spider-Man. It was just like, she could have said there, she could have just like cut him off. I was like, well, I got fired today. How do you think about that? But she didn't. Because she's she, an idiot. No, because she's a person with an ego and she wants to ease into a conversation. And she doesn't feel like she needs to break this shitty news to somebody who's having if you're, at least a high on their life right my now. My idea is if you're a person... That's going to be pissed at somebody and you don't tell them why you're pissed, then you're an idiot. Well, I, not everybody just comes into somebody's house and be like, well, I got fired today. Fuck you, Peter. You suck. Go out be Spider-Man, you cocksucker. Like, don't I don't give a like shit that. about you. I'm going to drink Drano after you leave. <laughs> 
The fact that she has enough time to say, you don't understand what I'm going through and not say I got fired makes her an idiot. <laughs> and the time it told her to say, you don't know what I'm going through, she could have said I got fired today. But she didn't say I got fired today. She said, you don't know what I'm going through. That makes her a fucking idiot. I completely disagree with you. And I love that we're fighting about this stupid one little minuscule fact in this movie. It's a minuscule thing that makes everyone in this movie stupid. <laughs> except for Eddie Brock. Uh, uh, do we want to give her grades for this? Yeah. Sweet. I how, hated it. How long have we gone in this? Already? Almost an hour. God damn. We should probably cut it off right now. Um... So, what did you think of Spider-Man 3? Did you like it more or less than Venom? Let us know on social media. <laughs> where, where can they hit you up, Jason? <laughs> you can find me at Bucky for everyone on Twitter. Also, Bucky for everyone on Instagram. And hey, what up? Bucky for everyone on Snapchat, Troy. You can find me at Troy to the Max on Twitter. You can find us both at Review Review Pod. If you're listening to us right now, you're doing something right. But you can listen to us on a multitude of platforms such as uh, ReviewReviewPod.Podbean.com and Stitcher and iTunes and Google Podcasts uh, and Spotify. If you got something long form to say, you can do so at ReviewReviewPod.Gmail.com. That's it. That's it. That's all we'll ever say about this ever. We're take a cold shower gonna, when we get home. <laughs> we're going to close the book on this and never speak of it again. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> Uh, this Thursday coming up, we're going to start some spookiness, spookiness with, with Halloween, yeah. the original 1978. Yeah. Maybe. Don't know. The original we're Halloween. Gonna, yeah. We're looking, we're Michael gonna, Myers. We're looking into watching that bad Michael boy. Myers in a station wagon. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. For the upcoming, uh, remake of Halloween, the yeah. sequel to the original. And Halloween. then, uh, we still got to figure out what spooky film we're going to do for Halloween night. Ooh. Do you have any ideas so far? Uh, we've got some uh, people that oh, on yeah, Twitter that wrote were in. giving us some That's ideas. True. We could do that. Maybe do a mini episode before before the main episode with a, with an idea. We'll figure okay. it out. We got some ideas. We'll draw some uh, stuff out of it. Well, Dinosaur Neil is really pushing Hereditary. Yeah, I haven't seen that either, so that'd be good. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Neil, but Hereditary is a thing. We'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until uh, next time we hear uh, from us about the original Halloween. Yes. To wet our whistle for some spooky Halloween spooky goodness. Uh, I've been short of the Max Extreme. I'm GG3K. We are off.